This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So are we ready to launch our Christmas series? Yes, it's, it's going to be a great series. And, and it gets back to this idea of what exactly is the Christmas story. The Christmas, is, the Christmas story is about light, about God's story, a story that puts us into a space defined by connection, meaning, and possibility, even in times that are dark. I want to say that clearly. Even in times that are dark. And that's what we're going to be starting out the Advent season looking at, is what does that darkness look like? And, and what does the light look like that can shine in that darkness? So to get us started today, let's, let's stand up, get a little stretch. And what I would love for you to do is please introduce yourself to someone around you. If you're with someone you love, you can give them a hug. Say hi to those around you. Great to, great to have you here today as, as we start on our, on our Christmas series. And it's, it's about like gifts and how do we actually unwrap these gifts. And it, we talk about like Christmas being about light. And, and it's important for us to understand that, that there's always a challenge with that as well. We're just coming off of Thanksgiving and I think we all can identify with this. As we do every Thanksgiving, let us look back at the year that has passed and give thanks. No, no, no way. Forget it. No, absolutely not. Are you insane? No thanks. You know, and, and it's, it's Thanksgiving is a beautiful time, and life is hard. You know, for many people, 2016 has been a difficult year. And how is it that we can speak to light even there? Now, I think part of that is, is, is we look through the Christmas series, as we go through Advent, that we really try to think and try to, as best we can, take a breath, and place ourselves in the story. Much more powerful way to go through it. I know that, that the beauty of this story is that, is that for those of you who were raised Christian, you probably know parts of it by heart. Those of you who weren't will find it a really interesting story. And it's, it's so easy to sort of skim over it. But maybe this year we can really look at it. We can unwrap it. We can start to see what those deeper parts of the story are. And the best way to do it is to grab a hold of these characters and try to think how they were thinking. Now, that's very, very hard for me to do. Very hard for me because to unwrap these gifts, we need to place ourselves in the space where the story was intended to be heard. So as I asked Rebecca to come out and, 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 and try to sing us into that space, so that we can have a feel for, for what we're talking about here when we're talking about a light that was born into the darkness. And I think that's where Advent starts. You know, it, it starts, there's all these great things we anticipate with Christmas, appropriately so. And if we're to understand what the season was supposed to be through God's eyes, it's through understanding music like that. That many of us feel like a poor, wayfaring stranger, that we're, we're just traveling home and, and that life is hard and it has moments of light and it has moments of darkness. And how can Christmas speak? Speak even in that place. And what I've become to know more and more and more over my, my brief time as a pastor is that it really can. If we allow ourselves into it. 
Now, what I want to start with is, is reading a beautiful prophecy that talks about this light. And it's, it's a beautiful prophecy from the, from the book of Isaiah that's an Old Testament book thousands of years before Christ was born. Thousands of years. It's a time of captivity. It's a time of darkness. And Isaiah, who is called the Poet Laureate of Hope, don't you love that name? The Poet Laureate of Hope offers these incredibly beautiful words. This is from Isaiah 9. And here is Isaiah prophesying, in other words, saying like, look, this is what the future is going to look like. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the shadow of death in the deep darkness, a light has dawned. You, God, have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. Beautiful line here. Listen to this. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and with righteousness from this time on forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. It's a beautiful line, folks, because, you know, you look at it, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation, increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. Beautiful image there of like walking in darkness and then we start just racing. And then we start to see this light. Poor wayfaring stranger. And we start to see these pieces of light. And I want to talk a bit about like what does that light look like? And I'm going to be stepping over here to, to talk about it and to, to try to understand it a little bit more. Imagine you're sitting with a loved one or loved ones. It's been a difficult day or a difficult week or a difficult year. And you're like, I just want to say a prayer. And you have a choice of two things. You can grab a spotlight or a candle. Please get this right. Which do you pick up? Candle. candle. The candle. Candle. Some young adults going, wrong answer. You pick up a candle. Isn't that interesting? That in times of darkness and challenge, we pick up a candle. We're actually going to be lighting a candle of hope. Hint online audience. Make sure you grab a candle sometime this morning. It's fascinating to me because this candle piece, like it's, it says something about what we already know. I mean, one of the things I love preaching on is what you actually already know about how God is working in your life. And you know a lot. And I think what we know is this in seeing this light. Life starts out here and then we have challenges and life gets a little darker and a little darker and a little darker. It keeps on getting darker. And what do we see as that starts to happen, as things slowly come down? We start to see the light. Now, isn't that, isn't that interesting with, with seeing the light, right? It's not about how do I blast you with a spotlight. Not very religious. 
but it's about this kind of light. Just look at it for a second. It's small. It's gentle. It's something we can gather around. It's kind. There's something about the human spirit that connects with this much more than it connects with this. And that's again where we have to start the Christmas story is understanding that this is not a spotlight event. You know, I, I know one church, uh, one church, and they're a wonderful church. Uh, they do Christmas, though, way amped up compared to what I would do. They actually import snow into their campus for their church for Christmas Eve. We're not doing that. That's a little too much this for me. I think this is where we start to find it. And we live in an age that, that finds this hard, much more attracted to this. But as the light goes down, I mean, excuse me, as the darkness comes down and the light starts to build, we can start to see in miraculous ways, even in times, and I want to I speak directly to those of you who are sitting with the darkness today, that we can see this light in the darkness. I know it is there. I mean, we can even see it when we look up into the night sky. Probably some of you know this. Look at this beautiful picture. Can somebody shout out what that was a picture from? Probably some of you know. That was, that was Hubble. And Hubble, they tried to point the, 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 this big, giant telescope, they tried to point it at the darkest place in the sky. That's the darkest point in the sky right there, folks. So think about that light. As the band comes out now, as the band comes out for the bucket song, let's think about that light. Let's start to think about how that light can come alive this Christmas season. Let's start to figure out ways that hope can burn in new ways. Again, even when we're walking in darkness, finding the light time and time and time again. So as we think about that, we think about that prophecy, you know, a newborn king, and it's, and it's, it's again, it's, it's one of the fascinating parts of the story is that we tend to think of, of the newborn king one way, and yet Christ is constantly saying, no, it's, it's a different kind of thing. It's a prince of peace. Very different kind of arrival from what we might think. Now you look back again to Isaiah thousands of years before Christ's birth and you read these lines. Please say the S word there. You have, and say it shatteringly, you have shattered. shattered. You have shattered the yoke that burdens them. And it's kind of this, this sort of this God triumphant thing, like shattering yoke. And there is a part of that. Like there is a way that, that what, what is burdening us, that yoke, does get shattered. And then we see Christ take this, these kind of lines and we see him change it. We see him allow it to evolve. We see, it, see him having it move to different places, more aligned with the idea of the Prince of Peace. Now, now again, if, if you're looking at the story, we have to remember in this story that these people would have known these lines. They would have heard this as an oral tradition again and again. They would have been very acquainted with it. 
I'm just going to give you guys just a little silly context for that, all right? I'm going to say a few, few words, and then you're going to complete it with the word. Like, how does the end of the sentence work? These are all things we know uh, living in this country. Four score and seven years. All men are created. You say tomato, I say. There you go. So we all have these, these languaging, right, that, that we just know. So, so this idea of the yoke and the, and the yoke being shattered, people would have known these words, folks. I want to say that really strongly. People would have known these words. So we see Christ again and again from the nativity on. You have heard it said, yoke shattered. I say unto you, and we see a shift. You've heard it said, not saying it was wrong, not making fun of it, none of that. Just you've heard it said. And now let's take it one step further. Let's allow this to evolve. Let's allow hope. Let's allow light. Let's allow these things to take that that next step that they so yearn to do. Look at how Christ handles the conversation around a yoke in Matthew 11. Come to me. This is just such beautiful lines. Like, I hope those of you who are, if you're struggling here today, take a picture, folks. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Can we say the R word there? in heart, and you will find rest. Different word than shattered, right? You find rest. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden, my burden is light. It's kind of interesting, right? Double entendre there for light. Double entendre there for light. In other words, two meanings there. It is really fascinating to me, like, like seeing that again and again and seeing how these people would have seen it and then seeing Christ asking us to evolve to the next step. New church, we believe that's very much on, very much on purpose, that, that we have sort of a time in our life where we have to see Christ as sort of the powerful one who's going to shatter that yoke. And then we also have to see later on in our lives a second simplicity where we start to see it in a very different way, connected but different. Here are some pieces from New Church Theology that I find particularly beautiful. The more present God is, the freer we are. So that burden actually won't feel like a burden. It'll actually feel like freedom. It'll actually feel like freedom. We're going to be looking at Advent here and the gifts of Advent being hope, love, joy, and peace. That's that new yoke, I think. And it's a far lighter burden. It's something that you can come to weary and find rest there. It also goes on, Emmanuel Swinburg also goes on to say it's, it's that burden and, and, and that, that shift is when we go from feeling like nobody, and please listen carefully to me, please listen carefully to me. 
where we shift from feeling like we are nobody to feeling that we are loved and esteemed by God. That's that new yoke, by the way. Loved and esteemed by God. That that nobody part, the poor wayfaring stranger, will find rest, will find that place of seeing and understanding and feeling how much they are loved, cared for, and held. This shift, folks, and it's, it's, it's one that I just, I just, it just is so amazing to me. Like, when you look at it, and I'm going to come back to this and probably come back to it too much, but that's all right because I think it's really important. You look at these words over here. And the fact that we light candles to symbolize each one, these small lights, for thousands of years, when people were trying to describe the Christmas story, they said, learn these four words and light a candle. You see the beauty in that? Like, I mean, that's, that's remarkable. That's about as countercultural as you get. That's that story where we're able to really enter into it in a way that, that isn't filled with all the pretense of, of human existence, but it's filled with our souls. Hark the herald angels sing. That song that we can hear, that song that we can understand. And maybe we can come to see even the concept of salvation very differently. And I want to share with you just real quickly just three different views of of how that whole salvation thing works. And and tie it in with this. And and it's it's not that I'm going to say this one's wrong, this one's wrong, this one's right. It's, It's about each one has a beauty to it. And I think there's one that can capture it all. The first view is, is, and I'm putting these in the forms of a question, is salvation a one-time event like baptism, where we do one thing and find salvation on the other side? Some people, they hold, they hold it that way, that, that you know, like it's, it's about the epiphany moment. Now, is there anything wrong with baptism, yes or no? No, all of you should do it. Let <laughs> me say, all of you should do it. If you haven't, come see me. It's great. And it's a starting point, not an ending point. We can have another view of salvation as well. Is salvation a series of actions, like the sacraments or service, where we fulfill a prescribed list and find salvation on the other side? So is it like this checklist I can go to? Maybe it's a little bit more. Now, again, simple question. Is there anything wrong with service, yes or no? No, you all should do it. All should experience it. That's, I think, where we find God in so many ways. Through service, through sacraments, we're going to have a Holy Communion service coming up. You can clearly find God through those things. And then there's a third view, one that's encompassing of a great deal of this. Is salvation something, going to have you say the G and the D word there, is salvation something, is salvation something God does? Where our job is to follow Christ, to cooperate with, witness what God is actually doing, and find salvation 
here. Now again, new church, we believe in heaven. We believe in that. We believe in eternal life. And we believe the seed for that is planted here. Is planted here. Implanted in what we do. You know, one of the things I say over and over again is Christ many, 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 many times says, follow me. Doesn't once say, worship me. It's about that following. That following is the actual process of worship. And when we can do that, folks, boy, life shifts in incredibly beautiful ways. I was, I was so privileged this, this past, uh, let me see what day that was, Wednesday, to be able to speak on a panel down at Westchester University. Do we have any Westchester University alums out there? You raise your hand, give you a little shout out. So I went down to Westchester, was on a panel there with somebody who was Hindu. Somebody who was atheist. Somebody who was spiritual but not religious. S-B-N-R, as they say in my business. Uh, and somebody who was Jewish, and myself. And it was, it, was, it was an amazing panel. And one of the things I'm so clear about with this whole concept of salvation and Christmas and how we find our way forward, I, I, I'm just not that interested in being right. It's not like there's five of us and we're going to play a game of Survivor. And at the first round, we're going to vote who's off the island until there's only one person left. And that's the person who got it right. I don't really believe that. I think when we allow into Christmas that idea of following Christ, and it's it's starting, it starts with a baby. Starts with a baby. Oh my goodness. How counterintuitive is that? <laughs> it starts with a baby. That's where the following begins. And then it leads us out into the world armed, armed, armed with hope, with peace, with love, with joy. Talk about something that can take on all comers. I mean, that's power, folks. That's your soul. That's that light. That's why you bust out the candle and not the spotlight. And then what we can do is then we do actually start to see the light. Isn't that a beautiful picture? We do, we, we start to see the light. It's seeing the light is a, is, a, is a beautiful thing. We start to see the light and we can pray to see that light. And then in a certain sense, a yoke does start to shatter. If you're watching this today or you're here today and you're filled with sadness, with fear, you're anxious about the future. 2016 was hard, and you're worried 2017 may be even harder. And it's all feeling like a burden. That's where Christ says, I can break that. I can break it. And I can break it when you start to take on a new yoke, where you start to light a candle 
start to see and experience things in different ways where we park. We park the part of us that is the sophisticated cynic. All sophisticated cynics, raise your hand. We start to park that and we start to learn how to walk in a new amazed, notice I'm saying not amazing, I'm saying amazed, filled with awe, in an amazed, bold way. New yoke. One that's easy, one that gives rest for our souls. And then we get to the point where we can start to unwrap the real gift, I think the starting gift of Christmas. You know, recently I I worked my way through a large piece of new church theology, uh, reading, 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 and it's like, oh, you know where you read a whole book and you feel like you read the whole book just to get one sentence? We've all had that experience, right? Well, this is what it was for me, reading through this whole book, the real gift of the season that has to be unwrapped. Please say the H word there. A new heart. Not a new set of circumstances. A new heart. Not a new set of circumstances. Life will be what it will be. It was what it was in 2016. It will be what it will be in 2017. And these are the gifts of a new heart. These are the gifts of a heart that was stone that has now become a heart of flesh. This is a powerful heart. This is a good heart. This is a heart that can be that light in the darkness. And this is a heart that can be filled with hope. Now I'm going to step down here for a second and talk about how we're going to close today's service. So what we're going to do at today's service to close is to give everybody a chance, everybody an opportunity to think of what's a hope that you are looking for in the new year as we move forward. Now, hope, as many of you know, Roger, hope is, remember, love stretching into the future. Hope is love stretching into the future. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're asking for God to bless. So what we're going to do is as the music plays, you'll be welcome to come down, write it on a card, put it into the basket here. For our online audience, you're welcome to text it to me, email it to me. You're welcome to chat in the the chat room with each other on it. And what I'm going to do is three times this week, I'm going to run through and say a prayer for you. You know that you get that thing, that you feel that thing. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.